0: Welcome to The Underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. It's My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Make sure you're subscribed anywhere you get podcasts. And be sure to follow me on socials, at MLUPod. You can also support the show for as little as $1 a month. Link is in the description and over at PeterARadio.com. Today on the show, I welcome Robin Dan from the Canadian outfit Bernice. We talked up their brand new album, O oh de Bongiorno. I asked Robin her thoughts on the idea of pop music having a definitive sound or not. And Robin also talks up her love of Lauren Hill, the yearly Bernice holiday songs, and so much more. Robin Dan of Bernice is on My Little Underground.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna move to somewhere with different light, I think, because that okay. light's a little extreme. I was just trying to attempt to learn um visions by stevie wonder oh really it's so hard (laughs)
0: okay is a piano your specialty
1: well it's probably my strongest instrument but that's kind of saying a lot like i don't i don't i don't ever practice so um yeah so it's uh it's slow going for me to find the shapes
0: (laughs) what like what instrument do you like is is your kind of groundwork to start writing songs. Is it on piano or or anything else?
1: Yeah, it's always on the piano. I mean, okay. I, I, I usually start from like a melodic place, but um then I then I gravitate to the keyboard and you know find chords that feel good and work from there.
0: Yeah. So when you say like melodic place, like are you just are you humming melodies and then just kind of getting it on on an instrument or what? Okay, is
1: that any better? It's kind of just for it's fine. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um okay, what happens? I mean, it depends on if I like if I sit down at the desk and I'm like I'm working now, I'm writing now, or if something just comes to me spur of the moment. I think if I make a decision to write, like I'm clocking in, then I'm always like at a keyboard, at a computer um and then I can sort of find things that will inspire me. You know, find a fun MIDI instrument that I like the sound of, or use samples or whatever. But, but, um, probably my best songs have been like I'm on a walk and I start singing, and then that turns into a little melody. <clears throat> and by the time I get to the keyboard, it's kind of like a there's an idea that's more formed.
0: Yeah. You know, I've always wanted to ask you, uh, when you released, uh, St. Lucia first in 2016 um it was a different version it was very danceable it was like club ready which I love I still listen to it to this day <laughs> and then you re-release it on the Puff EP and it was totally different so it, did you re-record it at all or was it was the original 2016 version just a foundation or just uh, the okay you
1: know I mean? so that's a great that's a great question and I always want I'm always like I wish more people noticed that or 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 I don't know, anyway, we released two versions of of that tune because that album was a bit of like a, it was really hard to finish for some reason. We went to Montreal, we had this great recording session um, at Break Glass and we worked with Matt Smith who goes by Prince Nifty, who's like an amazing, I don't know if you know him, but he's an amazing um, musician. And um, so we had that less dancey version of St. Lucia recorded. And I kept taking it around with me, like, you know, working in, in, in at home with with different band members with Phil or Tom and thinking like it's missing something, it's missing something. And we ended up at Banff out in Alberta and we met Sean Everett. And Sean is an amazing producer and he actually uh, took that tune as well as all the other songs that are on the Puff EP and he kind of like reworked them with us, with Phil and I. We went out to LA and worked with him. So the the more like the more dancey version, which we actually released first, was a reworking of the, of the later release version, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I think we took like original, the original keyboard parts, the original vocal and... I, I can't quite remember what we salvaged from the, from like the main stems, but then um, Sean, you know, he really added so much to it and changed it so much. Like it does sound almost like a remix of the other one, you know?
0: Right. So the the dancey version is the second version of St. Lucia.
1: It's the wow. second version. And then I kind of fell back in love with the original and decided to put it on the next on the next record because I thought it deserved to have a life too. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt added that amazing outro in the, in the more chill version, which is really amazing. And um, yeah, so I wanted that to, to be in the world as well.
0: So uh, how many of your, the other uh, Bernice songs, how many of them have many phases to them, like St. Lucia or is St. Lucia just like an isolated incident in that regard?
1: I mean, on that record, I feel like there were, there were phases to a bunch of the songs, but that's not how I like to live. Like I, I like for a song to have a natural life. And I think that the problem was we just let too much time pass. So we had like, we had demo-itis with some of the songs, whereas, which is like when you fall in love with the crappy version that was never meant to be the final version. And then you know that it's not done, but you can't find anything that's, that works. Um, so you just fall into this cycle of like, it's not done, it's not done, it's not good, it's not good when you just don't have ears anymore um, that can yeah. hear what it is basically. Yeah. But no, with the new record, it was like written and then recorded and then overdubbed and then released in this really nice, like no, there was no agonizing for this most recent album.
0: Right, so like groovulation. Like that's how you want it to sound. There's no other version of groovilation that's going to float around anytime <laughs> soon.
1: <laughs> I mean, we've got tons of like voice notes of ourselves singing it and, and rehearsal and stuff. But I don't know. There's no versions that will that will come to be. I'd like to get some of the tunes remixed by people. Yeah. So hopefully that'll happen. But yeah, n- not of our own uh, of our own making.
0: Yeah, because uh, you know I- I'm really obsessed with like um, the the first. Re- publicly released version of St. Lucian, I feel like, you know, you would fit in well with more like danceable tunes. Not saying you're going to make dance music in the future, but that I think it really works for you. So if someone does remix your stuff, it's it's going to fit in. You know what I mean? Like, however it's, you know, going to be redone, it's it's still going to work in, in some way. It fi- Your music kind of finds its way to work out. At the end, <laughs> if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, totally makes sense, and it makes sense because Phil, our drummer and my my partner, he's like, he's so in love with dance music. You know, he's, he makes his own techno, and he go, he loves to go out dancing, and so it's in there. We just kind of shape it into our own world, but the dance tendency is very much inside the music. Um, so yeah. it makes sense that, yeah that it would that it would work well, remixed.
0: I mean, your music—it's—it's it's groovy. The new album that has some groovy moments to it. Um, even you know, it's me, Robin. It's kind of has a little bounce to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, kind of like a circus bounce. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, circus delay. You're going through rings of fire too. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, how do you pronounce the new album title? Actually, it's French. Has a French.
1: History. I mean, it's not really any language. Like, journal okay. is not really spelled correctly, but yeah, it's we. I mean. I say Eau de Bongiorno because um, it's like a play on perfume, you know, like Eau de Toilette. Okay, okay. Bongiorno.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I don't know uh, what you would think, but, uh, you know, as a listener, I feel like uh, the new album is more experimental than than Puff was. Uh, Is that fair to say? Did you go, you know, did you want to go crazier with the more in the deep end with this record or? or Or am I just uh, making stuff up?
1: Um, Yeah, the deep end tendency is strong among us. I think probably with each new record we put out, it'll just get more and more, uh, I guess you could call it experimental. It's like we have, I have this urge to like, it's like a conflicting urge to both get more and more poppy as well as getting more and more um, obscure at the same time. And so this is the music that ends up coming out for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you know you're, you know because your voice you, you know you're you're screaming out pop, but then you know the bed of it is just strange. It's another <laughs> dimension, you know, which, which which kind of works out in a weird way, you know. Yeah. It's a, you know the Bernice is a weird listen in in a good way, you know. It's um it's not I can't say maybe challenging is not a good word, but and It's like, it raises questions like, huh, wow, they did that thing there. Let me go back and hear that, that thing that they did in that this part. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, we're often called, you know, like, genre, outside of genre labels or or um, weird or, or what have you. And um, I'm, I'm okay with that as long as it's not like... Uh, exclusionary music so like i really want it to still feel good to listen to so um yeah so it's nice yeah, that's the, the best way you want to listen
0: you, expl- you explain it way better than i could have it is non-exclusionary i like that <laughs> yeah it doesn't kind of uh you know it doesn't claim a team it doesn't no. it's right it's it's intramural you know
1: is open yes open. all you get is a, a ribbon for participation there's no yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. everybody wins with, with exactly. Bernice that, yeah. that's cool do you, do you ever feel like some of your songs um it's just you from an artist perspective Like, uh maybe this song is is there's too much going on uh, maybe I should simplify or do you feel like maybe my songs are too simple and I should add a lot more tracks or a lot more different types of you know, instruments coming in and out?
1: Um, that's a good question. I think I get overwhelmed with that type of thought when I'm looking at the, like the DAW screen with all the tracks open.
0: That could be overwhelming. Yeah. What
1: is happening here? You know, we have so much that we're reckoning with, but ultimately when I just sort of close my eyes and listen to it, I feel like the answer comes fairly easily of, of if it's sounding too busy or like something's missing. Um, yeah I mean sometimes I like sometimes I disagree with my bandmates and I think that they go in a direction that's way too chaotic or way too intense um, but we ride that out together and and ultimately I, I feel like I always I'm always on board with with the decisions in the end I never uh, personally as an artist if, if, if we're going to call this like my band and my songs I never feel like they they go in a way that needs to be way more minimal or needs to be way more maximal um, compared to what they sound like on the on the records. If that, does that answer that question? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, everything you're saying, I'm, I'm literally, I'm seeing, you know, <laughs> even the, even the DOS screen, I'm like, okay, there's probably like 60 some <laughs> odd tracks
1: for, <laughs> for on this tune. one. Song. I mean, it depends on the tune. Some of them are quite okay. simple, but okay. yeah.
0: That's cool. Um, you, know, you know, usually with the, you know, what I've seen with the descriptors of this album, uh, when you're describing it is you're, you're, sh- you're playing with the shape of pop music, but do you think that pop has a definitive sound or there's a there's a certain structure, a core structure to what a quote unquote pop song is?
1: I mean, no, I don't think pop has a definitive sound and I don't think that there's a definitive structure to pop music. Um, I guess like as a term, pop music is just whatever is currently popular. So, you know, if you look back in time it's, it's been so many different things, but I think right like these days and in my growing up in my life, I think of a pop song as having verses and having a chorus that usually rhymes and then it's probably going to have a bridge and then it's probably going to go from the bridge back to the chorus maybe double chorus or tri- you know like there is this really solid formula that has existed for some time now in, in pop music at least in western pop music i should say um, and when i say that we're playing with that i guess i guess not all of the songs have you know, a specific rhyming structure or have like a really straightforward time signature. Um, some of them have really bizarre middle sections that have like nothing to do sonically with the rest of the song. It's not what you would expect in a, in a, in a pop song. Um, and just kind of messing with it and, and, and playing with that and, and yeah, finding new ways to, to make pop music, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, playing with clay. Mm-hmm. You know, you can put your fingers in, it, but it's, there's no real shape to it. You know, you can make it however you see fit in your eyes, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So okay, almost for the, yeah, go ahead.
1: And I was just going to say that I have a recipe for homemade Play-Doh open on my phone. but I Oh, really?
0: <laughs> have you actually made any uh, homemade clay doh before or no?
1: Uh, my my mom used to make it when I was a kid, and I would just eat it because it's like salt and flour.
0: <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I,
1: I'd like to make it for. I have some young uh, nephews, so I'm thinking about making them some play doh.
0: Yeah, I I used to like clay when I was a kid, but I used to get I was too crazy with it. Like I would roll it on my carpet, and then it would just stay there for years. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I shouldn't. I should stay away from you know. It's it's too. It's it gives you too much freedom in that yeah. regard. Too much creativity. <laughs> Yeah, so for the past like uh, eight years or so, you've been doing a, a holiday song. Um, uh, I think your most recent one, you pulled from the uh, Oxford Book of Carols, is that right?
1: Right, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I have it just over there.
0: Okay, um, every year do you pull from that or, or how many of them are like original um, holiday songs?
1: God, you're asking me a question that I can't answer. I have to go on our band camp and look. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I was wondering what those were Um, in between this album and Puff. I was yeah. thinking, okay, what are these weird songs? I didn't know <laughs> they were holiday tunes. Okay. That's I know cool.
1: someday we're going to collect them into, uh, you know, one holiday album and then maybe our band camp will make a little more sense. But um, okay. So looking back, I think only one of them is an original. We started off with Silver Bells, which is like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know, Christmas? Are you someone who sings Christmas carols in your life? Or I
0: have in the past. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the silver, bells, silver yeah, bells. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Very familiar with that one.
1: Yeah. And then we went kind of for three years in a row. We went pretty obscure. I think those ones are all from the um, either like the Oxford book of carols or I'm kind of like a collector of old folk song books, Um so, I would have pulled them from somewhere. Yeah.
0: What is the Oxford Book of Carols? I'll show it to you. Yeah, please.
1: Okay, so, you know, it's like a super, super English, like proper English Oxford kind of. I think it was first, okay, first published in 1928. Whoa. Um, It's just, it's from church services. It's just like tons and tons of carols for all seasons. You know, not just Christmas, but you have like Easter songs and.
0: where did you get, how long have you had that?
1: On Sunday. I've had this, I've had this for a few years now. I think I found it at a used bookstore somewhere. I can't really remember. But this year, I was perusing this to find our track for this Christmas. And we ended up doing um, the Wexford Carol. Yeah. And I found it in here. And I was just sort of sight reading it. And I was like, oh, this is really kind of awesome. And then um, Tom independently sent me the same Carol that day, being like, I think we should do this one. So it it was like very much meant to be
0: yeah do you have favorite carols christmas songs holiday one-offs from uh, artists you listen to
1: Uh, i like the sean colvin christmas record a lot she's kind of do you know sean no she's like a lilith fair uh woman from that era you probably know her biggest hit it's um they say days go by. I don't know why. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think I know that too. Sunny came home in the vision. That's her biggest hit. Okay. Uh, but she has a really beautiful Christmas album. And what else? I'm thinking albums, like specific songs. I don't know. But yeah. we always, we always listen a ton to. I mean, like "Take Six Christmas" mm-hmm. is one of the greats.
0: I think. Okay. Yeah, there's a few. Um do you know the band Sunny Day in Glasgow?
1: Yes. No yeah, not well enough, obviously, but
0: they have a they have a Christmas song that's stuck in my head. Uh uh Shut Your Mouth. It's Christmas. It's great. It's original <laughs> tune, yeah, it's awesome. I love it.
1: Cool. I'll look it up. Yeah. Are they, they Scottish?
0: No, they're from Philly. Oh. Yeah. Some are from Philly and some are from uh New York. But yeah, it's really, really cool stuff, like shoegaze pop-esque stuff. Right. Yeah, it's really What's good. What's being
1: called
0: again? A Sunny Day in Glasgow.
1: That's the name of the tune or the band? That's the name
0: of the band. The song's name is, uh, the song name is uh, Shut Your Mouth, It's Christmas. Right. Shut
1: yeah. your mouth, it's Christmas. Okay, I have it. I have it. And then
0: there's the famous waitress's song, um, Christmas Rapping. You know that tune? no oh it's good they play it on the radio all the time in the the states uh, around christmas time
1: where are you at
0: oh i'm in i'm in queens in new york
1: oh cool okay
0: yeah yeah you're in in toronto
1: i'm in toronto canada yeah
0: yeah i actually wanted to go out to toronto a couple years ago but um i was too lazy to finish out the passport process so i just kind of stopped it but i do want to make it out to toronto uh, one of these days you,
1: ha- you can get a canadian passport
0: well i have to get a passport to go to canada to leave the, the country
1: oh, the oh US.
0: Okay. yeah i'm in the u.s so uh,
1: to get like a visa you mean
0: yeah just to come you know just to come mm. vacation or hang out mm. so you're, you're a vocal coach right
1: um am i i don't think so
0: you're not a vocal coach
1: well i mean i've done i've done little bits and bobs of like coaching dancers how to sing and and stuff like that but it's not like my primary um work by any means. yeah are you
0: are you are you classically trained are you a classically trained singer no
1: No, um i grew up in like in choirs oh yeah same i guess it was kind of like a bit of a classical training um because it was like a it was like a secular but quite classically based I guess in terms of technique um, like we sang opera opera chorus isn't yeah um, and then I went to high school for music theater so I got really into that style of singing and then I went to university for jazz actually so that's my background but no I never took proper classil- classical vocal technique um, yeah
0: no, my, my, my mentality was like anyone who has like any kind of vocal training is classically trained, even if they don't actually <laughs> yeah. study the, yeah. Fair
1: enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. I yeah. just use
0: it as a blanket term, but it's probably, yeah, it's, you know, this different, this, you could be opera trained, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Can, I think that's where my mind goes is yeah. if someone asks if I'm classically trained, it's like, can you, can you bring up that operatic, you know, um, control and, and, um, like resonance. And I I don't have that.
0: Oh, right. Okay. All right.
1: What, what, what choir did you come up?
0: When I was in high school, I did a bunch of, uh, I did some choirs and, you know, when I was in in high school, we would have like, uh, district choirs, like our school district would have like a one mass choir. You have to audition for like, you know, like classical too. I guess I'm not sure what era the music, but it's, it's it sounded old. Like songs like the Hallelujah chorus. Stuff yeah, like for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That the, one's those, powerful.
0: Yeah, th- those tunes are good because I like all the many different voice parts, like harmonies. I like harmonies and stuff like that. So that kind of element was like really, even though it was kind of difficult to learn, but like the fact that it was like two bass parts and and stuff like that is like that stuff interests me. And now when I listen to music, I hear. You know, listening for harmonies and stuff like that is, I love harmonies and, and, mm. and stuff like
1: that, which is Well, cool. you need to listen to Take Six Christmas then.
0: Okay, all right.
1: Like a six-piece kind of gospel, kind of yeah. r just the most beautiful vocal harmonies you've ever heard.
0: Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> d- did you memorize um, the Mrs. Miseducation of Lauryn Hill album?
1: I did, truly. Yeah. Words like, like top to bottom, probably.
0: Oh yeah, so you know like like all the lyrics to every song, the track order and everything like that. Is that is I that... mean if
1: you tested me on some of the rock? No, I don't do think that. I would still remember it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, I was just curious.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, truly that record, I think I was 12 when it came out, and it was just the first time that I've been that inspired, I think, by by a voice. And I was just so deeply connected to that sound. Um, yeah, I just I just loved that album. It just was like changed my world musically.
0: What's your favorite song from it?
1: Oh my god! I mean, maybe the duet with D'Angelo. Yeah. Nothing really matters. Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I like everything is everything. That's my jam. Yeah. That. I listened to that end over end when I heard it, um, when I re-listened to it like f- years ago, but um, yeah, it's good. And if that thing, when that song was everywhere, like I was like, oh wow, this is, so Lawrence Hill, her voice is just, wow. This,
1: yeah. Just wow, that's it. There's no other voice like it.
0: No, no. but it, it seems like, you know, uh, at least from, you know, the earlier uh, Bernice tunes, you, you, you have maybe a little influence in the neo soul sound right because i hear a little d'angelo bounce in, in some of your tunes is that, is that fair to say oh
1: well, i mean thank you i i think that yeah i think that certainly tom who is our keyboardist tom gill and he you know he's more than just our keyboardist he like helps to write and make all the music happen and he he is just deeply deeply um connected to gospel music and and r&d and soul and he's like an encyclopedia of so many different kinds of music but um he brings that harmonic world and i think just a tendency to want soul inside the music um i think we all feel that too so yeah i mean it's nice of you to say that you hear that
0: yeah yeah like i i like when i was hearing some of the especially when puff came out and um you know listening to stuff like passenger Plane it's uh you hear some okay you, you guys probably listen to a few roots albums maybe maybe one <laughs> erica badu uh two in, in the sessions i don't know yeah just from like a, a instrumentation uh, standpoint
1: for sure deeply obsessed with erica Badu, for sure
0: yeah <laughs> okay uh robin thank you so much for uh talk with me on my little underground so where can people buy the new bernice album and where can people find you social media and, and uh anything bernice
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, I mean, you can you can find us anywhere that you look. I hope if people are doing their jobs. Um, yeah. So on Instagram, it's actually not the most obvious handle. It's Saint Bernice. So Bernice with an extra E inside it. Yeah. And uh, that's that goes for this for our Twitter and um, we're on Facebook. And you can find our music if you just search for Bernice. You know spotify apple Bandcamp. you yep. can purchase a vinyl you can purchase old vinyl old cds we have some tapes
0: yeah it's all there it's probably some tapes of the first puffy b still floating around right there
1: it was never on tape but it, was on it CD. wasn't
0: it wasn't okay all right
1: i think i might still have a couple cds in my closet if anybody wants them <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>